Inside each and every one of us, there is a desire to belong, to know that we can show up as we are without judgment or justification, to know what it feels like to be wanted and longed for, to know the power of community. But what if each and every one of us had the power to create belonging from within? What if there were people already building spaces for you to be you? What if they believe so deeply in the power of connections, justice, collaboration, creativity, and empathy that they knew they could heal the world? That is where you belong. And the exploration of spaces, places, and experiences where we allow ourselves to be free. There is a place where you belong. Welcome. We've been waiting for you to arrive. Hi there, and welcome to Where You Belong, the podcast where we explore spaces, places, and experiences where we allow ourselves to be. My name is Anna Chapman, and I am your guide on this journey. And today on the episode, we have Hannah Lee, who is an incredible human. She is also an editor, illustrator, photographer, and the founder of Closed Loop Cooking, which is the culmination of Hana's multidisciplinary creative approach. So the platform is at the intersection of design education, storytelling, and sustainably pulling inspiration from her 10 plus years of restaurant experience and professional design work. She believes in well-built systems that enable positive change, collaborative design practices, and we'll talk about soil at length if you let her. So Hana is the best. And before we start this episode, I wanted to say two things. One is that we didn't have time to do a full hour epi, so this is a power one. It's a little bit shorter, but we also decided that during the episode, we needed an episode two, a part two, if you will, so that we could go through some of the sort of tips and tricks and just like starting to get into the kitchen that I'm craving. And I know that as we're in this uh, COVID-19 social distancing time, like we're having to get way more creative in the kitchen. And because Hana, it really teaches how to use every part of the fruits and vegetables that are used in, in the recipes that are on closed loop cooking, there's really great ways to start to see how we use more of the products that we have access to and how we can have that food go further for our families and for our communities. The other thing I want to mention is that uh, during the episode, a closed loop cooking is all a plant-based website. So everything, a plant-based platform, excuse me. So everything is um, geared towards a plant-based way of eating and cooking. And that's called veganism for some vegan. Um, but Hannah said a really beautiful thing, which is that vegan can really be associated with a lot of stigma around access and who gets to participate and who's welcome. And so what I want to say is that this is a really beautiful way if you are really uncomfortable with the idea of different ways of cooking and eating 
um, to check in. One, if you're in ED recovery, super support you skipping this episode of talking about food is triggering or uncomfortable. Check in with yourself. Two, if you have a lot of judgment around uh, plant-based cooking and where that comes from and why, it's probably because of the the sort of um, elitist narrative that comes with the this vegan way of eating. But I think if we can look at these sustainability practices and the way that we can use food to feed more people and use it to create more access to to ending hunger then that's beautiful and as always i want to say take what you love leave the rest if you feel a different way take it away um and i'm always going to give a little disclaimer before we talk about food on here because that's really important for me and i really want to honor that not everybody is in a place where they want to talk about food so I also want to say uh, we don't talk about it in a very triggering way, but if just the idea of talking about food and about um, cooking in a specific way feels really uncomfortable for you, pass it and move on. But I, I can't say enough great things about this episode. It was a lovely conversation and also just like a, a new way for me to start to think about food and about access and about my privilege around food. So if you are coming from a place where you have access to all the kinds of foods you would want, listen in uh, thinking about other folks that don't have this access. And if you're someone with restrained resources, think about this and see the ways that possibilities are open for more access to food. So whatever way we're coming into this conversation, Let's use it to support our growth and our capacity for being in community with all kinds of people. So as always, you can reach out to me at I am Anna Chapman on Instagram or Gmail. I am Anna Chapman at gmail.com. And just, you know, say a little something. Tell us what you're loving. Say a little hi to Hannah. I'll let her know. And, uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. We care about you. We're also on Apple now. So do a little, you know, little review, little subscribe. Would love it. We want to, we want you to be here with us. This is where you belong. Also, I'm talking in ways as if I have a whole production crew. It's just me, Anna Chapman, but it's me and all of you. So we are a we. Without further ado, and no more rambling, I promise, sit back, relax, and enjoy this sweet epi of belonging with Hana. Hi there, and welcome to Where You Belong. I am so excited to have our guest today, my dear friend, Hana. Hi, Hana. How are you? Hi, Anna. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, And Hannah and I have been friends for a while, but it's really amazing to have seen your journey as you've sort of found what ways you want to share and how you want to sort of use your creativity. So I would love for you now to share with everybody kind of just a little bit about what you do and who you are so that 
we can dive into um, what it's like belonging in your space. Thank you. And I really appreciate that. And it's been amazing watching you on your journey as well. So I run Closed Loop Cooking, which is a sustainable food platform, an online food mag, where we focus on bringing storytelling, sustainability, and design together. And my background is in design and illustration, and I wanted to create a resource for folks to help reduce food waste and single-use items. And as we've pivoted during COVID, we did a a lot of in-person events previously to help bring community together and figuring out new ways to help cultivate community online and connect people to the food that they're eating and still reduce waste and use ingredients that they have on hand. It's been an interesting transition, but I'm really looking forward to making it work. Yeah, I can imagine that that would be a tricky one, but also like your passion for making sustainable food choices and just like showing how that can be done and making it approachable is I think like one of the direst needs we have right now as we're kind of navigating how to get foods. And some people are are having a really hard time um, being able to feed their families right now with job losses and income losses and things like that. So I, I love that you exist and that you care so much about food and, and really like nourishing people with food. I have had the honor of going to uh, a closed loop event and I've gotten to come to a Seder at your house before. And so it's just been so um, lovely to see how your, your passion for food and uh, your creative sort of pattern making has like come together in this beautiful way. I've even seen you're doing some like little animations, which are really sweet what was kind of the impetus to want to move into creating closed loop and being a part of this sort of sustainable food movement? It's been something I've done unconsciously my entire life. And I worked in restaurants for 10 years and I've done design for almost the same amount of time now, but I, was working at Nike and it was a very interesting experience, but I really wanted to create work that felt like it was promoting my values and that I felt proud to put out into the world. And I was creating a resource that was accessible to more than, more than just like the supper echelon of the population. And food to me has always been this love language and something that feels so universal. And you did come to our our first, our very first scratched supper dinner. So honored to have you. (laughs) It was so fun because we got to see like, you were making things with carrot tops and like pieces, edges of veggies that I would be like, oh, you just throw that part away, I think. (laughs) But you were, you were like, oh, no, no. Oh, contraire, we throw nothing away. And it was really, it was delicious, but it also had this, experiential vibe of like there was so much love and care put into the preparation of the food and into like resourcing sort of this these parts of 
food that would normally be discarded that felt like a really loving way to feed myself. Like it, it we left both feeling cause it was totally vegan, right? Like it was, mm-hmm. it was like next level. <laughs> it was like, like vegan and, and, um, and we, you were using all of these ingredients that I would be like, that's not an ingredient that you use. And yet it felt like such um, this elevated meal that I left just feeling good about being a part of. Because I think, um, especially in the U.S., I've been in, I spent time in Europe and just the way we prepare food and, and use food. And even the way we cultivate food, it can be such a, a non-mindful and beautiful experience. And so you're almost creating something um, beautiful from sort of the carnage and the waste that we normally would always just participate in. I love that. I like to think of these events as me peer pressuring people into eating <laughs> garbage. <laughs> but it is, it's these events and this website, they're all intended to use my other skills in design and illustration to promote food education because you're right, there are so many different kinds of foods, there are odds and ends or techniques that people aren't aware of or don't know how to implement. And just offering context and creating dishes in a way that is beautiful and delicious, it encourages people and inspires them that they can use carrot tops in a new way or that they can try a new technique because they didn't know it was possible before. So it's a goal of mine to provide context in a way that feels accessible and still inspiring. And another thing that I love that I don't know if I've told you enough that you do (laughs) is that you have a way, you know, there's, as someone who's recovered from an eating disorder and who's done a lot of ED work and, and kind of has had to navigate the world of different, um, food strategies and diets and things like that. Um, I had a long history of, using veganism as a way to kind of restrict my uh, intake. And so it was really nice because coming to an event, I didn't feel like there was anything, um, there was no hidden agenda around like nutrition or um, needing to get you to really like a vegan dish. It was more about, it was about like, how do we make this seem seemingly garbage type items into this delicious meal that costs almost nothing that brings people together and that tastes really delicious. And I think that's something that I can forget and I'll, I'll tend to lean into getting something that's already pre-made that I just have to heat up because I have a, I have a little bit of a confidence issue with just using what I have or, you know, I either have to have the, exactly the ingredients for like this specific thing that I plan to make, or it's kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. So there was this air of curiosity and creativity that gave me a sense of playfulness where I f- sort of feel stressed and like can feel uncreative in the kitchen. 
That is a hard thing for a lot of people to navigate in that there's this idea you have to be perfect or you shouldn't even try. And for me, so much of cooking is just improvising. There is no recipe that you have to follow exactly in order to be considered a good cook. My favorite thing about Closed Loop is that it provides the platform, it offers you guidelines, and you can make it your own. And I think making food accessible in that way will really encourage people to be more resourceful. Yes, recipes are awesome to follow, but they're just guidelines for anyone to be a good cook or to consider themselves someone who likes to cook. They just have to know maybe a few techniques and they can plug and play with whatever they have on hand. I think the other thing that is a little intimidating to folks getting started who want to try veganism or they feel like that's an off-putting term is approaching food as a plant-based eater. And I I like to note to people that our our dinners are primarily plant-based, our site is plant-forward, plant-focused, because veganism can be an inaccessible term to a lot of people. And it can feel like a a closed culture almost, and that if you don't do it perfectly, then you can't participate at all. So offering flexibility is more likely to encourage people to try new things and to do it imperfectly and to be okay with it. I love that. And I do, I love that re sort of framing of that term because I do hear vegan and I think, nope, not gonna play there because I feel there's a, you know, I might want just a a vegan dish with my meat, you know, like I might want to play in this plant-based world to go with my non-plant-based life. And what I love is that with you and when we talk about food, there's always so many options and it's really like, okay, that's great for you and do what you, what feels good in your body. And, and, um, and I love creating plant-based concoctions and ideas and, and recipes. And so I'm wondering, are people able to come to closed loop who maybe have not ever, you know, they're really starting from scratch and maybe this pandemic is, is pushing them into starting a practice of cooking. Are there some tips for like getting started from, you know, maybe you've never done anything in the kitchen really? Yes, absolutely. Um, We have a wide variety of content, which is really important to me because food is not necessarily just recipes. Closed Loop is not just a recipe blog. We want to provide as much context to people to help them get started. So we've got resources around cooking improvisational maybe there are some different techniques you want to learn or baking substitutions that are common because if you don't have eggs what can you use in place of that just basic things to help guide you to use what you have on hand and we've got a ton of awesome recipes of course for you to get started but I really believe in the flexible recipes so Let's say that you don't have yeast handy, but you want to make bread, there's an option for that. Or if you just need to know how to pickle leftover produce that you have, here's a technique that you can follow, but you don't necessarily have to only use red onions. 
So there's an air of structure for people to follow, but the idea is that I want you to be playful. I want you to experiment and I want you to fail in the kitchen because you will learn from those failures and it will make the the cooking process less precious. I love that. And I think that's the thing that gives me the most confidence in the kitchen is really when there's no... Yeah, I'm trying to make something that I want to eat, but that there's no idea of how it has to look in the end or it has to be and really kind of using my senses of like what would what kind of texture would you know feel good or or do I want it hot or cold and I think that's something that you um you know just in pickling veggies and knowing that you don't have to just do onions you can do all kinds of different things and use the same technique is really nice because the structure helps me anyway be like okay I can start here and then that freedom really helps to get the creative juices flowing so I I love that and in creating this what has been um have you learned anything new or been surprised by anything that you didn't were kind of surprised surprised by (laughs) were you surprised (laughs) Constantly, every day. <laughs> I, I'm surprised in a, in a few different ways. One is that my ability to go after big things is only impeded by my own fear. And I think mm. those dinners, specifically putting together in-person workshops or these, you know, longer form dinners for a wide group of people I was so scared to do that for a long time for a number of reasons but taking the jump and offering that as a a space to build community it like quickly became one of my favorite parts of this practice and I think I, I was just really surprised that I I waited so long and that it was actually so much easier than I thought it would be. I mean, of course it's a ton of work, but my, my love for it uh, continues to to push that. And I, I think I'm also surprised by my, my own ability to learn how to do things. I'm using closed loop as a space to also improve my own culinary practice. And something that we were talking about earlier is that making sourdough, for example, from scratch, I, I'm surprised by how long it took me to do this. And it, it took me having this space and being prompted by everything else that's going on in the world to try something that I had been scared to do for so long. But I'm also so pleasantly surprised by the community that's really come together for me and for everyone through Closed Loop. And I'm honored and grateful that they continue to engage and show up and make this a really meaningful space. It's such a wonderful feeling. I love that. And I, yeah, we were just talking about the sourdough. Uh, Hannah made a sourdough starter from literal dusts. (laughs) I can't even, like, that is so cool to me because it's this 
that's like a building process. Cause, cause can you tell about like, let's talk about sourdough. How do you, how did you do it? You don't have to like, you know, give the whole recipe, but like, it's a process, right? There's like many steps. Oh my God. It was really <laughs> stressful. For First of all, thank you for sharing that. Cause you know, like when someone, someone might be stepping up to make like even just a stir fry or a scramble and they're like, this is so stressful. And so it's nice to hear that someone who's created this whole platform is also like, this shit's hard sometimes. Yeah. Like if I can't figure out how to make a sourdough starter from scratch, then I am just a total fraud, (laughs) which is insane. This is hard for everyone. And I think I also have to remind myself that I have to be kind and patient and gentle with myself because I'm encouraging everyone else to do it. But let's talk about sourdough for a minute. It is literal magic, Anna. I (laughs) am blown away. (laughs) Sean was coming to the the kitchen and I've got my head in this jar of just like bubbling yeast. He's like, uh, everything okay in here? (laughs) You're like, I'm practicing. I'm talking to my starter. Get out. (laughs) it it's a really beautiful process that has been happening for centuries and has been on trend for that amount of time and it's it's so simple and the the beautiful thing is that you just need flour and water and time and it's a a delicate process you want to feed your starter several times a day while it's building up but the idea behind it is that the flour and water mixture takes on naturally occurring yeast spores that exist all around us. They're in the air all the time. And with the right temperature, it will naturally start to aerate itself and create this leaven, which then you use as you would dry active yeast or other forms of yeast. And that becomes your leavening agent. And with the right care, your starter can last forever, which is insane to me. The water and flour that you start with today can be making your bread 10 years from now. That's amazing. That's so amazing. The only thing I know that is as cool as that is when I was in Mexico City, I had a mole that was like 80 years old. (sighs) The mother was 80 years old. And I was just like, what? Yeah. Shout out to Pujol. It's an amazing place the best fantastic. so you can use this starter for 10 years and you just so do you, how do you keep it up you just keep adding it and letting it get all yeasty mm-hmm. you need to use the you have to make sure that you don't use up all of the starter in any given recipe so you use maybe quarter cup or half a cup and you make sure that you still have some in reserve and then as you continue to feed it which is just adding more flour and water you are just adding to the original mixture so it's just a process of using what you have and then adding additional flour and water wow and how many days does this bad boy take (laughs) it'll be different for any any starter it depends on the environment that it's in but it can really take anywhere from 7 to 14 days to build a a truly active starter 
Um, but the, the biggest thing with starter is that you have all of this excess discard because once you feed it to keep it active, you have to get rid of some of it. And keeping in mind with closed loop cooking, we repurpose that starter that a lot of people would alternatively bin. So I've been experimenting with a ton of different starter discard recipes, anything from chocolate chip banana bread that uses a sourdough discard for a kind of tangy flavor infusion. It's delicious. We're making sourdough discard crackers and waffles and chocolate cake. And we are up to the what? wazoo in sourdough discard over here. But it's their experimentation process with this is fascinating. You're like a food scientist. <laughs> Whoa. You. What? You're like, that's a compliment. It's so cool. So I'm curious. What are three things that you believe are really important for you to maintain or to provide for a closed loop cooking event? Like how do you create a space where people can come in and learn um, at their best ability for the, or, or to like in, enjoy an experience that closed loop is creating? Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear like three things that are really important for that process. I think these are true, whether the event is virtual or in person, but number one would be creating an environment that feels accessible, calm, and encouraging. Mm. I want people to feel at ease around their food and comfortable and that it doesn't have to be a, an intimidating place or that you have to have a certain knowledge around food. So any event, I, I want to make sure that I know everybody who's there, that people feel like they can have fun with it and that it's playful. Mm. Uh, the second thing would be the ingredients to make sure that we talk about everything that we're using. We talk about every aspect of those ingredients. So, for example, if we're talking about carrots, we talk about what to do with peels or the carrot tops or how to extend the life of that produce. So that there's knowledge around everything that you could do with that particular ingredient. And mm. the third thing I think would be conversation. Mm. In that people have the ability to talk to each other and to ask questions. And I think those really novel moments come from when people are experiencing the event together or they, they get to connect with each other. So maybe someone is doing a specific technique that someone else hasn't seen before and someone looks over and they get to, to see like, oh, you're rolling out your pasta dough in a specific way. I'm going to try that too. And those mm. moments really help connect people to the food and help connect people to each other. Those have been my, my favorite aspects of our scrap supper series or our improv kitchen workshop series when people naturally have those conversations and I can just see these little magic moments happening oh, it's beautiful I love that I love that so much and I think that's I felt all of those things when I went to um that dinner and so you're doing it you're nailing it um and I 
So I know today we have a little bit of a shorter epi because we were having some technical difficulties, but I really want to have you back on the show because I think it would be really cool to dive into like how to start a cooking practice and how to, you know, what to do when you're shopping in the pandemic, how to store things. I think we could do a whole epi on um, like a closed loop sort of support tool epi. If you're down, I would love that. So Yay, many resources so, I'd love to share. I love that, and I think for me too, it will be so helpful to just remind myself that it's a, it's all in good fun and it's playful, and food can be this creative outlet that we get to sort of share and partake in, um, and it doesn't have to be so serious. So I'm really excited to have you back. And I think that will be helpful for so many of us who are just like, maybe even just getting tired of the same shit we've been cooking. Cause we're like, <laughs> I, I, I was an orderer. Like Titus and I get really, we're working a lot and we were ordering a lot. And so it will be great to re-inspire that. But before we end for today, I would love if you would share my favorite question to ask everybody. It's just that if, you were to have a magic wand or some magical powers, what's one thing about the world you would change so that you could feel like you and the the communities that you serve belong more comfortably? Oh, that's a good question. My magic wand would wave over every every farm in in the world and make sure that they were implementing regenerative agricultural practices uh, to help reinsure the longevity of our food supplies for every generation to come, uh, just to make sure that we are investing back into the land and promoting soil health and quality. And I think that's something that not a lot of people are familiar with but regenerative agriculture is such an important key to reducing our environmental impact and that's yeah that would be absolutely magical that's a really good one and I love I love having asking people as they come on the show to share that because I think we all have these dreams that um, the world needs to know and I love that and I want that for us <laughs> I want that so bad for our world <laughs> well Hannah I have loved this conversation and I I literally can't wait to have you back I'm gonna text you right after this and we're gonna schedule it because I think you're providing so much support and also just confidence for people to try it out and we can also talk. I heard you made a really funny look at sourdough loaf. So you can share some of those moments too, so that we can all feel a little bit more apt to mess it up for the fun of it. That would be great. And I will deliver you an ugly sourdough loaf to your home. <laughs> Thank God. It's what I always <laughs> wanted. Uh, as always, I hope you have the best day and thanks everybody for joining us. Bye, Hannah. Bye.